Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there's one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it. It is free. It also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. As food bloggers, we want the best, most robust tools that can help us improve our ranking with Google. SEMrush is the way to go. It is an all-in-one marketing toolkit for those of you wanting to analyze SEO, get ideas for gaining more organic traffic, discover market insights, and reveal competitors' metrics. I have been using SEMrush for my own blog and have seen steady growth in my organic traffic. The tools and features offered inside are powerful and they work. Get a 14-day free trial with SEMrush when you use my affiliate link. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. SEMrush, the powerful tool that will change your SEO game. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, I will be having a discussion with Sandy Markle from SideChef, and we will talk about recipe content, best practices, and how to reach new audiences. Sandy is the Director of Content Management for SideChef, an all-in-one home cooking platform. She leads a team of content managers and editors, ensuring quality, relevancy, and optimization of recipes. Sandy is an expert in content best practices and over the last five years has led the company in establishing over 300 content partnerships, resulting in the acquisition of 16,000 recipes. Sandy, I am extremely excited to have a conversation with you today, but first, would you mind giving us a quick fun fact about yourself? Yeah, sure. Actually, a fun fact about myself is I've learned uh, Chinese on my own, Mandarin Chinese, for the past 11 years. And people say I'm fluent, but I've definitely very advanced conversational. (laughs) That's so cool. And did you do that just kind of by, I mean, you're living in China. So is it just because you're immersed in it or what prompted you to learn that? Well, actually, I'm from Miami. And in Miami, it's really not uncommon to learn no more than one language. It's such a diverse place. My family's from Haiti, so I do speak Haitian Creole as well. So learning another language was just something that was kind of natural to me. That's so cool. I did not know that about you. <laughs> well, I know nothing, so I can't even pretend to have a conversation with you. 
Um, all right. So let's dig into our chat. I have worked with all of you amazing people over at SciShow for years, and I just could not speak more highly about you as individuals and also as a company. I love your platform. And I said this from the beginning. I predicted you guys were going to kill it because it's such a great idea and it's one of a kind and it's just such a useful cooking tool for home cooks, I believe. So do you want to start out by telling my listeners a little bit more about SideChef and then also what your role is in the company and SideChef's mission? Well, actually, SideChef is something that what we call an end-to-end platform. It's not just a cooking app. Uh, SideChef was designed to enhance the guided cooking experience. So we have a lot of great features to help users select recipes to plan their meals. Um, We have a really great grocery delivery integration as well and a great search feature that we just launched with where you can select your ingredients that you have on hand to help you with uh, searching new for new recipes. So we really help with inspiration, like answering that question of what's for dinner, planning, purchasing, execution, and to the eating part. (laughs) So the whole thing from start to finish, literally from concept and being inspired all the way through the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. So over the last five years, I've actually done mainly the same thing, but now on a larger scale, which is um, I've been on the content team. And so my role actually involves two major things. One is to, in the beginning, to acquire content from finding really cool bloggers whose recipes I thought would be a great fit for our platform. I'm reaching out to them and then optimizing their recipes into our signature smart recipe format. So getting their content then on the app and making sure that it's a great product fit and making it look its best in our platform. So, you know, our company started very small. Uh, It was about 12 of us when I started and in our very small office apartment. (laughs) But now um, we've really scaled that out to, you know, our large team here in Shanghai and also our office in San Francisco. So now we're able to really scale that and acquire more content and optimize more recipes on our platform. That's so awesome. I love how you guys just kept at it and you did. I remember when you were really small and now you're just killing it. I love seeing you guys just do your thing and you do it so Well, and it is a really unique, one-of-a-kind platform. So do you guys have like a mission statement or something that you could share with us? Yeah, definitely. Well, our mission is simple but impactful. It's to empower eaters everywhere to cook great food. Everybody has a relationship with food, uh, no matter where you're from. And being able to cook your own meal is really empowering and it really solves a lot of problems at the very you know basic level. And so we want to build confidence in the kitchen and having a great tool like SideChef is what we want to do to be the answer to that, to that very age old question of what's for dinner. So we want to give, we want to give people confidence in the kitchen. I think food bloggers take that for granted because we cook and we like to cook so often that we're like, well, I think everybody likes to do that, right? But that's not necessarily the case. And I know people who have tried your app and they're so proud of themselves. I have a cousin who used it and he was like, I made a soup. And I was like, oh, good for you. That's so awesome. But he was so proud of it just because 
it makes it so easy. So it's just inviting and it's, yeah, it's just an easy platform for anybody. So if you don't know how to cook at all, you can dive in and you get voice instruction, you get visuals too. So it's like kind of a no-brainer. Whatever way you learn best, you'll find a way to learn inside Chef. So with food being the main focus of your business, you just have to be immersed in what is trending with food and recipes constantly. So what are your recommendations for food bloggers who are listening when it comes to leveraging food trends and also identifying which recipes to create? Uh, So with regard to that, I think there needs to be a really good balance between the two because one needs to balance the trends with solving a problem, like I said, of what's for dinner. So I think the key is to know what people are looking for. If they're looking for trends, then you leverage that. If they're looking for just how to use the ingredients in their home or what's seasonal, then you go with that. So there's a lot of tools out there, but I think the basic ones is uh, there's a lot of analytical tools like Google Analytics or even just social listening, that which means being on Instagram or, you know, all of the, the trending apps or trending websites that we all love. <laughs> but you know, sometimes chasing trends takes one away from what their brand really is. So I think also being true to your own brand is also really important. Some people find their niche and that's something that really solves a problem. You know, I I saw a woman who her niche was freezing foods, meal planning and freezing. And so sometimes you create a trend or you follow a trend or you just solve a problem. So it's important to know um, how to balance those two things. I do agree. I think that number one, you need to be true to your brand and yourself. But then there's kind of a gray area, right? Because you want to do that, but then you want to be trendy as well, because obviously you want people to come over and look at your recipes. So it's really hard to balance that. I think you should try anything. If you think something is really cool and you try it, I think that will resonate also in the content you produce. Um, Instead of chasing a trend for chasing its sake, then it doesn't come off as authentic. And food should always be authentic, even if it's an interpretation of a trend. If it's something you love, then certainly you should pursue it. I think authenticity in food blogging is everything with there being so much saturation People can tell immediately if you're not being authentic. So I think that is such good advice. Just like number one, be authentic. Who are you? Who is your brand? Follow that. But I also like that you mentioned try anything. Why not? Put something random out there. If you're feeling it and it feels true to you, try it and see how people respond to it. And worst case scenario, they don't like it and you don't do it again, but you just never know. So you mentioned before... You mentioned smart recipe when you were talking about SideChef. Can you talk to us more about what a smart recipe is? Sure. So SideChef has designed, um, we call it our signature smart recipe format. So as I mentioned earlier, SideChef is not just an app. So we've really revolutionized the guided cooking experience. So we have taken the traditional recipe and I have optimized it into this format. And when we think about that word smart, it has really changed 
over the years. You know, before we had a phone in our home, but now we have smartphones. Um, But what makes a phone smart now, it has a lot of capabilities that it didn't used to have. So it's connected and it's connected to what? It's connected to the internet. It's connected to geolocation. There's a lot of things that our our phones could do before that it couldn't do in the past. Um, So with that concept in mind, we have a traditional recipe, but on SiteChef, we optimize it in our signature uh, smart recipe format. So we have step-by-step photos, uh, step-by-step video, we have voice guidance, we have timers, we have how-to cooking videos, we have uh, technique videos to enhance the guided cooking experience. But what also makes it smart is that it's packed with information, information about the user, information that can help with your planning, information that can help you connect with smart kitchen appliances as well. Because the way people are cooking uh, to even today is not how they were cooking a few years ago and how they will be cooking 50 years from now. We're already starting to see that changing. So this smart recipe format is a format that doesn't exist elsewhere. It only exists in the SideChef platform. And so we're able to take one of our partner's recipes in their traditional format and optimize it in this way so that it can enhance the guided cooking experience and also enhance uh, the cooking experience into the future as you start seeing more smart appliances being democratized in people's kitchens all over the country. Your platform is jam-packed with information. I mean, I can't think of another platform that could pack so many other things in that is valuable. Like you mentioned, including, okay, you've got your platform in itself. And then within that, you have audio, you have visuals, you have also video. And then you're now kind of integrating appliances. And I mean, I just can't think of anything better. It's like a dream come true, really. So um, I think you actually have a leg up on food bloggers because we can't do all of that. We can put all of that stuff in a blog post, but it's not the same thing. It's not that kind of virtual experience. Like we're not bringing people through a recipe from start to finish. Whereas you guys have just figured out how to so smartly do that. So I just love how this has evolved for you. And I cannot wait to see what is in your future because, oh my goodness, what could you possibly integrate now? <laughs> what's next? Yeah, I think I think what's great too is that we will never replace the creation of recipes because one thing that partners do provide is, you know, people who cook, they want to have a connection with the creator in some way. And so one of the things that we incorporated um, that was so simple was, and you know this, Megan, is, you know, just having the creator's voice in that guided cooking experience. Because when we get a recipe, we always want that human connection. So it's important, you know, to have that as well. Yeah, it's like you're the facilitator, like you are finding the people, the bloggers, the creators, the content creators, the recipe developers, bringing them all together in this amazing platform that you've created and letting them use their own unique voice to connect with home cooks, pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah. 
So you look at a lot of recipes, Sandy. So you just absolutely have to have some great insights into just kind of general best practices for recipes. Is there anything you can give us that would maybe help food bloggers on this topic? Um, One of the biggest things that we see when we're kind of going through recipes is um, we specialize in guided cooking. And so a lot of the times when we see a, a recipe, it's always it focuses on brevity first. So sometimes we see a recipe and it's five steps but actually it's more like 10 because it's not really step-by-step actions, which is fine, but sometimes things are missing within the steps and it can cause certain triggers. For example, if a recipe says preheat the oven to 375 degrees Fahrenheit and then take the muffins out of the oven, for example, but then the recipe never told you to put them in in the first place. Or like I said, there's more than one action in one step. It can be really overwhelming for the home cook. So just thinking about how to break down those steps so that the home cook really knows, okay, I do this first and then I do this. So just the the logic and the flow of the recipes is is really really simplifying. Yeah, just simplifying how you're talking. Yeah, simplifying it. And also, we've looked at a lot of different styles of recipes. And even the the ingredient uh, lists, you know, are really important. I would recommend because everyone's style is different. So even like the structure of the ingredient list. We did a lot of research, um, some of it based on preference, but other styles are, are really functional. And so I would encourage those who are getting into like recipe development, or even the structure of a recipe is super important so that it can really give the home cook the confidence that within the first 10 seconds of them looking at a recipe, they already know whether it's something that they can do or not. So don't be afraid of a lot of information in the beginning, even in the the list of the ingredients. So more is better, do you think? Just over explaining the recipe? Is that kind of what you're saying? Not over explaining, but thinking if I didn't know anything about this recipe or if I'm a, a first time cook, especially, I'm knowing your audience. If it's a, a supposed to be a, a beginner recipe, because beginner and easy is two totally different concepts. They're sometimes not related, but sometimes people get those two words confused because a recipe could be easy, but it's not necessarily for a beginner. So I think knowing that specifically about your recipe will help you know what kinds of information you want to add to each recipe. So when you talk about just being really clear up front about ingredients, for example, do you mean like instead of saying, you know, a, a handful of parsley that you would just get really specific and say quarter cup of Italian flat leaf parsley, finely chopped, something like that? Correct. Or a cubed or a quarter inch cubed because a handful is so objective right? Yeah. I totally used to write like that. I look back at some of my older recipes and I just was super vague. And now I'm like, wow, that was really, that was really bad. And I can see where people would open that recipe and run away because they don't know what that means. I was being just way too vague. So the more specific you can get with 
ingredients and then also measurements I think really helps. And if you do have to cube something in a recipe, how big are your cubes? Are they one inch cubes? So just really getting down to that nitty gritty. And then also I've started writing in my recipes just a lot of notes about the recipe. Like you can definitely replace chicken broth with water in this recipe or just like getting really specific. And I sit at the end of every time I write a recipe, I look at it really closely and I really try to think through it. Like if somebody doesn't have meat on hand, would this be an okay vegetarian recipe? And just giving people options where if they look through those notes, they'll see, oh, I didn't even think of that, but that's great. Now I'm going to make it. So just kind of allowing people to think differently as they approach your recipe. So I really like that. It also opens it up for people who thought that they can't make the recipe, but sometimes they look at the notes and they say, oh, but I can make this version of the recipe too. So it opens up to a broader audience as well. Yep. You're giving them more options so that if they otherwise might have clicked away and turned away, then you you suddenly open up the doors for them. What other best practices do you have for us? Uh, recipe best practices. You know, it seems so simple, but even though it really takes a lot more work, step-by-step photos is really important. (laughs) It really is important. And it has been the trademark of our platform since the very beginning, because our founder, Kevin, you know, he created the app specifically for himself. He couldn't cook the first time he tried. It was a disaster. And (laughs) he didn't know what it was supposed to look like. We do a lot of user interviews and people come in and test the app and and they're cooking a recipe. And the question that a lot of people have is, is it supposed to look like this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so process shots, uh, it is quite time consuming. But especially for really complicated recipes, we think it's quite important. Because when someone can create something that's an interpretation of a recipe that they love, you know, it's something that they take a picture of. They're proud of it. It's also a roadmap to make sure you're on the right track. So I think a best practice is is to experiment with taking step-by-step photos with really complex recipes, because that will ensure the success of, of of the home cook. And that's what, you know, we all want in the end. We want to empower other people to create the recipes that we love. And that's kind of a debate right now in food blogging because a lot of bloggers don't do the process shots because it's like you said, it's time consuming. It adds extra work. And then it also adds extra, you know, space to our posts. So that could take away from page speed and things like that. So people are thinking through those things more. However, I have always thought that adding process shots adds to the value of the user experience, which is ultimately what we're all wanting. And we're seeing that now more than ever with all these uh, changes that Google is making. It really all comes down to the user and what makes their life easier. So I, from day one, have done process shots on most of my recipes And it's a pain. It truly is like, oh, I have to seriously, I have to like go now set this up and take a picture of a bowl of raw eggs 
But it's so worth it because like one example is I never would have gotten onto your platform without my process shots because you guys you are, rely on those step-by-step photos. So I think there really is value in it. And I wanted to say too that once you get into a groove with it, it's really not that bad. I have this little area in my kitchen where it's perfect lighting. There's just a table sitting there and I just hop over, set my camera there. So I hop over, take a picture, hop back to my kitchen. So when you get into a groove, it's not as bad as you think. But I do, I agree with you, Sandy. I totally think it's worth it to give that little bit of extra just guidance because I feel like most recipes have that weird stage where like you said, is it supposed to look like this? Like lemon curd, is it supposed to curdle? Is it supposed to look weird? You want people to know that this is okay. Don't throw it away. Keep going. This is totally normal. Yeah. Another good thing that I, a good best practice is also to use a lot of sensory descriptors that support the photos. Like, you know, when the lemon starts to curdle or when it's the color of X And that's how you know it's done when it smells like why, you know, it's done because cooking is such a sensory thing. So one of them is, is it supposed to look like this? But is it supposed to smell like this? Is it supposed to sound like this? So using a lot of sensory descriptors, the more the better also is a really good uh, recipe best practice. That is great advice because (laughs) there are sounds that you will hear and there are different things that... Um, talk to our different senses, I think, that we don't realize. But if we describe that, the more we describe that, the more people are going to be able to relate like, oh my gosh, she mentioned it crackles and I just heard a crackle. That's so cool. (laughs) So I love that advice. And what else do you have for us? Do you have any other best practices? Um, One of the things that we started talking about too is um, triggers. So A trigger would be something that makes the person feel like they cannot make the recipe. One example would be not knowing what tools they need when they need them. So making sure the home cook knows what knife you're using. Are you using a certain type of pot, a a Dutch oven or something? You know, they want to replicate the recipe like you did. So knowing what you're using is also really important. So that would be something else I would say. Uh, Let them know what tools you're using. So and also to kind of go along with that, identifying potential issues that might arise. So thinking through how might someone get hung up on this recipe? Maybe they don't have a chef knife or you know, and like talking through it is okay to use this kind of knife or it is okay to substitute this kind of onion for this. And that is really what recipe development is so about these days, right? Because we want to have a leg up on everybody else. So if we can troubleshoot and brainstorm those things that we think our users might be having and identify them before they even have them, I think those are the successful bloggers. Yeah. And I I think Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. So every blogger should really work hard to set their home cooks up for success because you want your recipe to really become theirs at the the family barbecue. You know, that's how you know you've, you've successfully kind of transferred that secret recipe onto their plate. 
um, and then they'll keep coming back for more. <laughs> yeah, we really want them to be the stars. We don't want any of the credit. We just want them to come to our sites, make our amazing food, and then be the stars of their own show. I think that's the ultimate goal for all of us. Definitely. I think eliminating barriers and triggers or even anticipating them, adding sensory descriptors and all that can really change cooking from frustrating to fun. And that's what we want. Definitely. Yes. So let's talk through the SideChef platform a little bit. As I mentioned, I believe it's like a dream for the home cook with everything that you guys have integrated inside of it. So talk to us about the benefits of having all of these incredible features inside. Well, we have, uh, well, first of all, we just launched a brand new features, some new features. So when you first jump on the platform, it's personalized based on your preference of diet. You know, special diet is not just kind of a choice for some. It really is a lifestyle. So you get to first you choose your your special diet if you have one. And then your first landing page is really recipes that are personalized for you. Uh, so we have a daily inspiration page. And then we have a search by ingredients you have so this really is kind of the first phase of reducing food waste. Food waste is something that's really important to us here at Side Chef. You know, as you grow up, you know, your mom is always like looking through the refrigerator, trying to make something out of nothing. You know, that's like a common thing. So we want to support that. We want our platform to really mimic real life situations and search by ingredients you have is one of our favorite features that we released so far. And you can even request an ingredient if it's not there. So that's been really popular. So we've gotten requests from all over um, about ingredients that people have that we don't have on our, our site. And we certainly add them. And of course, our signature step-by-step -step guided cooking that is going to be more and more enhanced over the next few months. So more features to support that. And we're have a grocery integration with Amazon Fresh. So you can add ingredients from the recipes that you put in your meal planner. You can put those ingredients into your shopping cart and purchase them through Amazon Fresh. You can add custom ingredients into your cookbook and do meal plans for the week, for the month. Um, the meal plan feature is also really popular among SideChef users because meal planning is, is so important and a lot of people use it, whether they have a family, whether they're cohabitating, couples, whether they're just single, whether they're college students, more and more people are meal planning. So we, we've had that meal planning feature for over a year now. And so all these other features, they just kind of all kind of coming together. And the meal planning feature is going to be, we're, we, in technology, you, you always do like iteration. So, you know, you roll out with, uh, we call it the MVP, which is the minimal viable product. So the basic product that needs to be launched that will fulfill a need, but we keep iterating on it. We keep improving on it as time goes on. So we'll keep doing that also with the meal planning feature as well. We have a design already, so we're just building it up. So everything we've built, we've built from scratch. Sometimes we've had an idea for years and are just now seeing, you know, it come to like the fruition of how we want it to, to really be. 
That's so cool. I love that. You just started with something that you believed in and you've just watched it kind of grow and build on itself over time. I think it's so cool how that's worked and evolved for you. And it really truly is an end to end like dream come true platform. I mean, from literally start to finish, everything is included which is so cool. And there's nothing else like that out there. So I think that makes you guys incredibly unique. What are some other of your features that you would like to talk through? I think the next feature that we have is we have an integration with some smart kitchen appliances already. So we've integrated with LG, for example. LG launched with the smart kitchen ovens earlier in 2019. So if you have an LG oven, then you can connect all the recipes that include an oven on the SideChef platform. You can connect those recipes with your LG oven and cook the recipes using the SideChef app. So in your profile, you would select what your appliance is, and then the app would connect your oven, that recipe. So you don't, it's totally hands-free. It will preheat for you. It will bake for you, whatever the setting is. So that's really cool. And we have the recommendations. Um, So we have a great recommendation engine based on whatever preferences, whatever your profiles, and also the recipes that you've chosen previously. Uh, It kind of gives you some more ideas because that's another problem that people have, which is, you know, you don't want to just, yes, I'm paleo. Yes, I'm pescatarian, but I don't want to eat fish all the time necessarily. So clicking on what you love and getting these tailored recommendations like for future recipe ideas. So that's really cool. So your integration with the kitchen appliances, that is so cool. And I just like who would have ever thought, right, that you could sync up an oven with your with your phone and with an app. But are people using that and loving it? How is that going? Yeah, I think it's like, you know, people are using it. I think, you know, when it comes to technology becoming a lifestyle thing, it's in the early phases of, of early adoption. So a lot of we do see people connecting with the LG ovens and the G ovens now. But it's almost like when you think about the GPS, you know, like the GPS of today. I remember when MapQuest first came out. <laughs> oh, yes. So, you know, you print out MapQuest and you have the paper with your faded ink and you're driving and you feel good because you know where you're going, but you don't know what veer right means versus turn right versus steer right. It's kind of confusing. And then a few years later, Garmin and Magellan came out with the GPS that came on your dashboard and you kind of stuck it on there. And and that was cool, except it kept falling over (laughs) whenever you made a turn. But But it was great because you had something that was cool. But now a lot of cars come pre-installed with a GPS uh, system or now on your smartphone there's geolocation, and you don't even actually need a GPS in your car. So I think the same way is with, you know, this idea of technology in the kitchen. It's really kind of, you know, once it becomes something that everyone has, of course, it'll be more like a lifestyle thing. Now, it's very niche 
but people are using it. Um, LG and GE and a lot of the partners that we're working with Samsung, they're really working hard with working with us, with getting these appliances on the floors and making it more of a household name. The great thing is that we have these recipes embedded into these appliances. So it's not just a standalone appliance. It comes fully packed with a lot of great recipe content that people want to make. So I think it's about the early adoption, but it's I think a, we started maybe a year and a half or so ago working with LG on this, but the momentum is really picking up and it, it won't be so uncommon uh, anymore. It, it's really pick, it's really picking up. Well, I think your uh, example using the GPS as an example was such a great one because we can all relate to that those times or like when we would jot down, like you'd actually have to call someone and say like, how do I get to your place? And you, so it started out as handwritten notes that you had to decipher. And then now look at it. You don't even have to look at anything. You just have this voice telling you exactly where to go. And really, if you think about it, that happened really quickly. That evolution was so fast. So I imagine that since you guys have gotten the ball rolling with this, that it really is going to advance very quickly. So that's so, that's exciting. I think that's such a cool thing. Just like, like I said before, who would have ever thought that? <laughs> Let's tell food bloggers kind of what it looks like if they would like to partner with you guys, SideChef. So SideChef is one of those companies where we really like to partner with people who we feel passionate about and who share our passion. So I think the basic requirement for partnering with SideChef is uh, for for content creators is as you know being willing or have pre-existing step-by-step photos or video now and we are working on really looking at our partnerships and the quality of our partnerships and really improving them. So in the beginning, you know, we're as we said earlier, really small company like literally me emailing, you know, seeing people and just emailing and introducing myself and asking them to really take a chance and share a few of their recipes on our platform. So now we're in a a position where we're really looking back and always been very appreciative, but we're looking at our partnerships and, and seeing how we could create more opportunities for our partners. So I think partnering with SideChef means we want those who as diverse as possible we really want you know because the way we cooked before or learn how to cook is different than the way people are learning how to cook now before we would learn to cook from our family members right from our family members or our home economics teacher but now people are going online and they're learning how to you know someone from Alabama is learning how to make Moroccan food from a YouTube channel so you know we are partners come from from all over the world so um, we don't limit our partnerships to just those who are based in the US those who just who are based in metropolitan cities only special diets any person that has a food story and experience um, 
So we now have a content acquisitions arm of the company who, and just to really focus on just acquiring new partnerships there. And, you know, for anyone who's interested, they can go onto our website and contact us if they're interested in partnering with us here at SideChef. We have also a new partner Facebook group where we're really working hard, trying to get everyone in one place to share more information about our company and really reacquaint everyone with who we are. A lot has changed since, you know, everybody joined in the beginning. And and so we hope that 2020 is a year where a lot of the return on investment is is had for them. So we have a lot of great, great things that we we want to share with everyone very soon. Very cool. You guys are definitely focusing, I can tell, on just interacting more with partners, which I appreciate as one of your partners. How would you answer the question if somebody came to you hearing what SideChef is about, you know, like understanding the actual platform, and then they asked you the question, what is in it for me? How would you answer that? Well, we're launching a brand new micro-influencer program this spring. The purpose of the micro-influencer program is designed to create opportunities and empower our current future partners to, to cook more, learn more, and make profit from their passion. So what's in it is a few things. Um, one, you don't have to be a blogger, a food influencer, a content creator with millions of followers in order to be valuable to us because we want to help everyone who's a partner in SideChef learn and grow. So we're really investing back in our partnerships effective immediately. So we're really looking at each of our partners and seeing what their needs are and really trying to focus on how we can help them grow and in a way that's mutually beneficial for us and creating content on our platform that people will keep using and and keep cooking with well into the future because we're not just creating a platform for today we're making a creating a platform for 50 years from now so i think also helping partners work cuz we have we have blogger partners but we also have kitchen brand manufacturer partners we have a lot of different types of partnerships so looking at how all of these groups of people can come together so creating more opportunities for for our partners as well so yeah creating opportunities and and who knows what it's going to evolve into in the future i just i love that idea of the world is our oyster here we have no idea what's coming that's exciting yeah is there anything else you want to mention about partnering with sidechef yeah so we will be speaking more about our micro influencer program we'll be at the everything food conference this April. And so we will be talking about building your brand, building up your brand, you know, with us, but also just in general. Um, I think being a partner at SideChef is, we appreciate that a blogger is different than a regular business because a lot of the times it's a business of one. Uh, two, if you're you're having a really good go at it, you know, and so we know that 
you know, it's, it's a struggle and we want to give every single individual as much resources and opportunities as we, as we possibly can, because we know that's what creates great content. That's what creates the, that's the secret ingredient actually to, to helping more cook. You know, that's all we want to do at the end. We want to create a platform that people will actually use to cook more and to improve their lives. That's what we want. And so we cannot do that without our partners. And so we need to, you know, help support them in their goals so that we can all reach our goals together. It's nice to feel appreciated like that. I love that you guys actually truly understand that most of us are doing this on our own and and we're running actual like crazy businesses. So from my perspective, from our perspective, um, a food blogger, I think that that is really unique and good in a just it's awesome. Like, thank you. Thank you for seeing that because we don't always get that. Yeah, we, we definitely get that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Most, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of, a lot of places people just assume that we've got it under control. You don't really work very hard and like it's, yeah, it's not like that. As you know, it's very opposite of that. Well, is there anything else before we say goodbye, Sandy, that you feel like we've missed chatting about today? I think the most important thing is I have this saying that I say now that, you know, why people cook will never change. It's a human experience. But, you know, at at SideChef, we believe that innovation is just as much a part of the human experience. So how people cook will keep changing. So we're inviting food influencers from all over the world to join us creating new experiences based on the reasons we've been cooking for thousands of years. You know, we just want to encourage everyone to embrace technology because innovation and technology is just as much a part of, of our experience as, as cooking is, as food is. Absolutely. That's great. Well, thank you, Sandy. And thank you for being here. I know that it's really late for you on the other side of the world. So I really appreciate you taking the time for this. This was a fun conversation. It was. Yeah. So before you go, do you have an extra bit of inspiration or a favorite quote to share with food bloggers? Yes, actually, it's based on what I just said. So it's food is our common ground, a universal experience. And James Beard said that. Oh, I love that. What a great note to end on. Well, Sandy has a list of helpful resources relating to today's topic, and these can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash sidechef. Sandy, I think we all know this, but tell my listeners the best place to find you online. So the best place to find me online is on Facebook, Sandy Marco, and at sidechef.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Sandy. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.